Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. All right, it's the Lombardi Line. Week, tw- Yes, week 12 college football. Can you believe it as we say good morning? I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point, and we head out to the Borgata. I hold my breath and I cross my fingers, <laughs> and we say, what's cracking, Michael Lombardi? How are you? We, we are here. Wow. <laughs> you want to take a moment That's to let, let that sink in? Yeah, it is. If I get this feedback out of my ear, it'll be even better. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll get that cleaned up a little bit on your end. I will tell you. So remember on Thursday when we had Amal Shaw in and he joined us on the Lombardi line and he was talking about Mel Tucker getting paid and that he owes Kenneth Walker a lot of money. On the way out, I swear he was going to have an aneurysm because he was continuing to complain about what we discussed. But Ohio State, Michigan State, that's where we should start, Michael, because that is essentially is going to determine one team's in and one team's out moving forward with the college football playoff. Yeah, you know, for me, I think this is an interesting day. I think we're going to see Ohio State really dominate and come through this. Yeah, we got a little feedback going with Michael. We'll get that cleared up. Right now the number is 19 if you take a look at it. Major championship races, not just that, but the college football playoff. Essentially, we're going to know a lot after we get through this Saturday, this week 12. You take a look at the number right now. Ohio State's late 18 and a half. That is a wild number. A chip on their shoulder, Michigan State. Here's the reason. 
They're sitting behind Michigan, remember, who they beat earlier this year. They're sitting seven, Michigan State and sitting six with the college football playoff committee, and they beat them. So this is, and again, if you're Michigan State, all you have to do is beat Ohio State and your worries are taken care of. So that's really, if you come in here bitter, if you're a Spartan fan, take care of business. This is significant for Ohio State, who is really getting going offensively. And you know what's fascinating is a sidebar in this matchup. You've got the second and third betting favorites as far as the Heisman are concerned. C.J. Stroud, 2-1 to one right now behind Bryce Young. And then, of course, Kenneth Walker, who's 2.5-1 to one behind the two of them, Stroud and Young. Uh, but this really comes down to, again, winner stays in the college football playoff race, loser is out. And it, it's fascinating. This is the worst secondary in college football. I, I know that sounds like I'm being hyperbolic, but Michigan State can't stop anything. As a matter of fact, you dig into their numbers secondary-wise, uh, they're the worst college football secondary in the last four years. So Ohio State with Olave and Wilson and Stroud and that attacking offense should be able to take advantage of a very susceptible Michigan State secondary. And then conversely, an Ohio State defense that's not exactly, as we say hi to, Matt, uh, to Michael again, Ohio State defense that's not exactly killing it because last week they gave up 477 to Purdue, and I understand Purdue can sling it, and 31 points. Now, they dropped 59 on Purdue, but again, Two defenses that are susceptible, and you see a big total today at the shoe, 69, Michael. You know, I have a real issue. I, I don't know how Michigan State can play this game and keep it close, particularly because they have to run the ball. If Ohio State's offense comes out and starts fast and gets a lead early in the game, how does Michigan State keep keep Kenneth Walker involved in the game? How do they keep their offense going? And, you know, their defense is going to have a hard time. To me, their relative total defense in the, in, in the NC2A is 111th. Their total defense is 112th. Now, their scoring defense is 41, so that's really misleading. I mean, their pass defense is 129th in the country. Think about that, Patrick. So, for all the hype and for all the conversation and what we've talked about with Michigan State, I think they get exposed today. I think the 129th pass defense, yards per play at 53rd in the country, I think they get exposed, and I think Ohio State's going to expose them. And I think Michigan State, for all their crying, you know, Michigan is the better team for them to play because Michigan doesn't want to throw the ball around. They want to play right. old-school football, right? Ohio State wants to throw it around the yard. They're going to throw it around, and I don't see how – this is a little bit like, you know, a basketball team that wants to play slow pace goes and plays a team that only wants to play up-tempo. And it's hard to control the pace, especially when the up-tempo team can score and they get play defense. And so I think that's going to be the case. I love Ohio State and laying the points today. I really do. And it's a little perplexing as well because Michigan State's, their whole MO today is going to be control the ball run the football with Kenneth Walker. But you take a look at time of possession in the Big Ten, they're last. So yeah. that is not I mean, going, that's not going to cut it against an Ohio State team that is just lethal offensively. I mean, you can control the ball, and, and time of possession is a wonderful stat to look at. But if you don't do anything with the ball, it's worth nothing. If you have the ball 35 minutes and you don't score, is that any good? No. Right? <laughs> the object of the game is to score points. The object is the game is to score points and monopolize the time play less defense, right, convert third downs. But that's not what Michigan State's really good at doing, and I think they're going to get exposed. I think 
when you look at it, their offense, because that's they're so one-dimensional the way they run the ball, I think Ohio State's defense will be in tune to play that. I really do. And, you know, look, playing in the horseshoe is going to be a hard place for Michigan State to play. Playing on the road, getting the run game going on the road, I think it's really a hard thing to do. And let's just be really clear here. Michigan State's run, rushing offense, is not like the number one rushing offense in the country, okay? They're 29th overall. Now, they average 12 yards per carry because the back's great. They're 12th in the country in yards per carry. But this is not a team that just dominates with their run game because they're so good up front. No, and take a look at the splits. You can find the splits, vcin.com, as far as the betting splits. But Michigan State's getting bet. This open 20, Michael, it's down to 19. A couple of books have it sitting 18 and a half. So you like it when it's going that other way. Oh, I love it when it's going. You know me and that other, that, that, that line movement and steam and all that crap. I mean, I love it when it goes that way because all that is is just a bunch of people just trying to think, trying to get it, thinking that, the, you you know, uh, you know, we've seen this too, way too often. I think it's just look at the numbers. Tell me how Michigan State is going to be able to, to do this. On the road, it's a hard place to play. Hard place to play. Hard place to play, no doubt. Again. I mean, they lost by 11 to Perdon. I call them Perdon, Purdue. You know, uh, I, I mean, they lost by 11 there. And Purdue's passing game is not near as good as the Ohio State passing game. Purdue's defense isn't near as good. They struggled against Purdue. They struggled, Patrick. Now, I know you say, well, they're coming off the emotional win and all that crap. That's great, right? I understand that. They beat Michigan. But if you're a dominant team, you go on the road, you win that game. We know Iowa wasn't a dominant team because after they kind of won some games, they found, a, they found an opponent that kind of put them away. I, I think, actually, to be honest with you, and I've been hard on them all year, I think Wisconsin is a better team right now than Michigan State. Well, Wisconsin, you know, it's funny, in this, as an aside, we've been talking about the historic defense down in Athens because of the scoring tee, but if you take a look against the pass, against the run, Wisconsin's better in Georgia this year. I mean, it's a bit of a misnomer that Georgia, I mean, Georgia's been awesome. They give about 7.6 a game, but Wisconsin over the last four or five weeks has been incredible, just to put a bow on With Michigan. no help from their offense. No, With no little help. help. I mean, now that running back's great. Don't get me wrong. The running back's great. But, like, when you look at, like, just when you look at Wisconsin's numbers, as just defensively, they are the number two ranked team in the country defensively in scoring defense. They're number two in relative scoring defense. And then in total defense and relative total defense and all those categories, they are number one. Number one. I mean, I don't know how Jim Leonard doesn't get a job from this. I really don't. I mean, oh. I don't know how. If I was the AD at the University of Washington, and I know this is just because he's not from the Northwest. You can't hire somebody who's not from the Northwest, even though Don James wasn't from the Northwest, and he's the most winningest coach in the history of Washington football. Right? Makes no sense at all. But right, you know, I mean, who cares about logic anymore? So, like, how is Leonard not going to get one of these jobs? I mean, this is this is unprecedented. What this guy's done with an offense that I think is very pedestrian. A hundred percent. And. You know, it's interesting just to switch back quickly and we'll put a bow on Michigan State, Ohio State. The three times Spartan fans are going to hang on to this. The three times this year, Michigan State's been a dog. They've won outright. So here they come, a huge dog at the shoe. But again, the weakness on Michigan State's team. They're good everywhere. They're not good in the secondary. And this Ohio State team's going to attack that secondary. And again, the weather is just going to be fine. It's going to be mid-40s, no, no wind, not crazy windy. So they should be able to attack them. I mean, look, they're, they're 129th in pass defense. I mean, you know, I mean, that's UMass territory. That's UConn territory. 
It's, right? I yeah. mean, that's where, the, that's where that those numbers are relatively. That's where, you know, now you say, well, the, you know, they got so ahead and people just moved. No, stop. That's not the case. Their weakness is the secondary. They've had a magical season. Don't Sparty's had a magical season. And they've caught lightning in a bottle. And, you know, when they get into that Michigan game, I didn't think they would win that game because uh, you didn't, there wasn't really an opponent that they dominated going into that game. And, you know, and they've had that one win, and Michigan really kicked themselves because I think Michigan – really made the mistakes in that game. Michigan lost that game more than Michigan State won it. Three one-loss teams in the Big Ten. You just mentioned all three of them, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Michigan. It's going to be interesting as we continue. Here's what we're going to do. Michael's getting straight away there at the Borgata. When we come back, we'll talk about Alabama, Arkansas. We talked about running the football. Michigan State, Kenneth Walker Jr., he's talked about as far as running the football. Arkansas is, what, fifth, sixth in the country. We'll see if Alabama yeah. can slow him down today. Alabama looking to wrap up the SEC West. So plenty to do, Michael Lombardi, back at the Borgata as we're just getting started. Also, I want to throw up those college football playoff rankings just to give you an idea for some of you that are visually more adept at kind of understanding what's happening. We'll give you an idea where those top ten teams are playing as we come back. BetMGM. Stephen Bond, King of Sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com. Download the BetMGM app right now. It's tremendous. As far as an interface and in-game betting, to me, it's the best on the market. So make sure you check out BetMGM.com. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. We're just getting started. We've got Carl Johnson with the Southern Goblet coming up. We've got Thomas Gable going to be sitting next to Michael Lombardi there at the Borgata. Plenty to do. I can't believe it's week 12 already, Michael, in college football. But we've got plenty to come. We're just getting started on this Saturday. It is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the sports betting network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. 
Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, first bet, Express Bet wants you to get in all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000. Get 10 bucks instantly. And then when you do sign up using that promo code Vegas1000, you get $1,000 in bonuses. You're eligible. So visit bet, excuse me, vsin.com slash horses for more details. That's vsin.com slash horses. And don't forget to use the promo code. Vegas 1000. We got you back here. It is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. I'm Patrick Maher. He, of course, is Michael Lombardi out at the Borgata. So you take a look there. Of course, we know one through four as far as the college football rankings, Michael. No change here. Georgia, and then you've got Bama, Oregon, who we're going to discuss here in a bit, Ohio State, who's hosting the Spartans. And then you go Cincinnati, you go Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, and Wake Forward. Excuse me, Wake Forest, is it, and your boy Dave Clawson. Is there anything there in the top ten that jumps out at you? Well, I think today, you know, let's start with Oregon at four, right? I think this is a huge game going into Salt Lake City to play the Utes. I think this is going to be a really hard game. Can they play physical enough? Can they stop this Utah run game? I think that's going to be the real deciding factor. And, and can they win a really hard game on the road? They struggled against Washington in Jimmy Lake's last game as the head coach. So, I think let's start there. I think that's going to be a real challenge to me. You know, and and I keep wondering, how good would Wake be if Kenneth Walker would have just stayed there? (laughs) I mean, think about that. Where would Wake be if Kenneth Walker didn't go to Michigan State? And where would Michigan State be if Kenneth Walker didn't go there? Maybe we should ask him all that. I know he has the answer to that. But I, I think so, you know, to me, I think Wake's got a tough job today against Clemson. I actually like Clemson and laying the points here. Because Wake's defense, when you watch them play against North Carolina, I don't know if they can sustain the volume week in and week out of really good of offenses that can move the ball. Not that Clemson's a great offense by no means. So, to me, I think that they have a potential risk. And, look, Notre Dame just keeps hanging around, right? I mean, Notre Dame just keeps hanging around. You know, and Cincinnati gets no credit for beating them, but they just keep hanging around. 100%. Let's circle back. Pac-12, Oregon, Utah. So, Michael, this open Utah 3. Everybody's got it 3.5 with Utah laying it. What's fascinating here, think about it this way. So, Oregon is the one that everybody points to in that college football sitting 3 that shouldn't be there, right? Well, if Ohio State beats Michigan State today at the shoe, even if Oregon beats Utah, Ohio State could leapfrog Oregon in the next college football committee. And then think about this. If Michigan State beats Ohio State today, all of a sudden the Oregon win on the road at the shoe doesn't look as good as we expected. And by the way, Utah is a hell of a place to play. They've won 17 of their last 18 at home. 
And here's the problem with the matchup, right? So Utah is really good. They're physical. You know, Kyle Whittingham has built a program on physical, mental toughness up there, right? That's about playing in our place. We'll play it. Hard place to play. And they are a team much like the Patriots, much like Tennessee this year, that has gotten better as the year has gone on, right? They have gotten better from the losing early in the season to where they are now. And the problem in this game for Oregon is Oregon's run defense, if you watch them, they are not a great run defense team. I think they rank 50th in the country in relative rush defense, which is not good, right? This is where where Utah will pound the ball. And Utah, if they can – Anthony Brown's going to have to play good today. And I have trouble thinking that Anthony Brown can win a hard, hard road game against a good defense. It's – it's interesting. And, again, the home field, they've won by an average of a little over 18 uh, by 18 in those 17 of 18 wins at home. And you just mentioned Utah. They've won three straight. They're kind of hitting their stride. It's a program that's dealt with a lot off the field. We understand the tragedy they've been through. But they're starting to build. They're building to this. This is their college football playoff tonight. Uh, so it'll be interesting as the numbers jumped up a half a point. I think that would surprise some with Oregon ranked three in the country. And by the way, we're probably going to see these two in the Pac-12 championship game because right now Oregon sits atop the north. They're going to win it. And Utah sitting tied atop the south. So they could be there. We could see these two teams play again, Michael. Yeah, but, you know, we talk about Michigan State being great running the football, right? This Utah team averages 5.88 yards a carry. They can really run the ball effectively. And they come right at you. And Oregon's weakness, if you're going to attack them, remember, Stanford. Stanford was down 20. Stanford was able to come back in that game. Now, Stanford's offensive attack and Utah's are not the same, right? Utah is ranked fairly high in a lot of statistical statistical categories in terms of what they do offensively. I think this is a really hard matchup for Oregon. I think this is going to require all their talent to come to fruition and I have real issues, just like sometimes when I watch Georgia and Stinson Bennett playing quarterback. I think if they had a better player at quarterback, there would be no doubt. The doubt I have in Oregon is Anthony Brown. Great kid, all those things, overcame a lot of two knee injuries. I get all that. But in big games, you got to, especially on the road, on the road, you need first downs to quiet the crowd. On the road, you need to make plays to quiet the crowd. I don't know if Anthony Brown can do that. Next up, Michael Lombardi, Arkansas, Alabama. So Alabama can lock up the SEC West with a win, and then eventually we're going to get that, hopefully that showdown we've all been waiting for December 4th in Atlanta with one Georgia against two Alabama. This is a 7-3 and Arkansas team, a big win on the year, of course, 9-1 Alabama, coming off a 59, I think, what was it, 59-3 win over New Mexico State, your boys there. This is interesting because... This is an Arkansas team behind K.J. Jefferson that's sixth in the country as far as running the football. They're going to run the football. And it's an offense as far as Bryce Young. He's been consistent all year. But running the football for Alabama hasn't been as consistent as they'd like. My guess is they try to get that going as well today. You know, but what bothers me about this game, and and what do we have? What is Alabama favored by in this The number right now is 20 and a half. 20 and a half. It was 19 and moved up. Like, to me, this is, like, not that Alabama's defense is as good as Georgia, because it's not. But Alabama's offense is way better than Georgia in terms of their ability to throw the ball and make plays with Bryce Young. 
I have a hard time thinking that Alabama's not going to win this game by three touchdowns. I really don't. I don't see how they can. You know, Arkansas on the road when they went into Georgia got beat 37 to nothing. They couldn't move the ball. So let's say Arkansas moves it a little bit better. This, I mean, remember, when Arkansas went into Mississippi, they gave up 52 points. They gave up 52 points. Like, I'm surprised this isn't over 21. I think if it gets over 21, you probably lay away. But I think this is one of those where Alabama knows they've got to play well. Alabama knows they've got to put points on style points. I think they dominate this game. And knowing Nick and how he takes away the best options, look, they're not a great defensive team this year, but they can stop this offense and it puts some pressure on K.J., I, I think, to me, this is another one of my favorite plays of the day. I think Alabama will roll. I think this is the time of the year where these teams, Alabama and, and certainly Clemson, they've got to make those statements, and I think they will. And conversely, you mentioned Ole Miss. Alabama held the Rebels to 78 yards on the ground when they played them. And it's funny, any program would love to have this, tro- this, this problem, right? This conundrum as far as a defense that's not where it usually is. Bama's fifth nationally in total D. They're 12th in scoring D. And they're fourth against the run in the country. So it's like even when they're down, they're, they're, mar- they're, still they're unbelievable, right? Right, and here's what happens in these kind of games. Arkansas will come out and declare what they want to do. Uh, Kendall Bryles will have his game plan, and he'll set it up, and it'll be good. But he'll run out of adjustments. Once they start to make the adjustments within the game, then all of a sudden, as the further the game goes, it's a little bit like what you see when you watch the Patriots. You know, the Browns score in the opening drive of the game. The further that game went, there was nothing left. I think that's the case here. I think what happens in these games is Arkansas doesn't have enough diversity. They don't have enough diversity in their portfolio of offense. And so once they declare what they're doing and Nick makes an adjustment, there's no adjustment to the adjustment from Arkansas. They're just not talented enough. And I think that's where they get in trouble. Yeah, and Arkansas on defense, you can run it against them. Their strength is defending the pass, so Bryce Young. And again, this is an Alabama team. They're rushing for a little over 150 a game, but they've been inconsistent on the ground. I think they're going to attack this Arkansas team on the ground today. I think they will. And, you know, you look at their, you know, when you look at their, their, their losing streak when they lost 37 to nothing to Georgia, then they lose 50. You know, they lost on the two-point play to Mississippi. But that game, nobody could get control of that game defensively. And then they come back and Auburn put 28 on them and they lose by five to Auburn. So, to me, this is a real – look, Sam Pittman's done a wonderful job there. And I, and I think Barry Odom's been great defensive coordinator for the Arkansas Razorbacks. But I think this is a challenge because I don't think they can keep pace with Alabama. Alabama's offense. Are you? Where are you on Bryce Young, as far as thirty-three touchdowns, really three picks? He's been really good this year. I, I think Billy O'Brien's done a really good job with him. I think he's done a great job of being able to make plays. Uh, you know, throw the ball with accuracy. And look, these receivers are so damn wide open. It's it's not that hard to hit them. But I think Bryce Young has done it. I think he needs to get his body stronger. He needs to get bigger, all those things. But I think he's been really impressive. I'll give you the top three. We just got forty-five seconds here. Young one. We mentioned the two are in Columbus today as far as Stroud, two, two to one, two and a half to one for Walker. Who do you got? I think Kenneth Walker should be the Heisman. I mean, he, what he's done for Michigan State's program is beyond, you know, you just can't really, you can't. You take Kenneth Walker away from Michigan State, what are, what are they? Ohio State and Alabama have other quarterbacks behind them. This kid's just really tremendous. If you take Carl Johnson away from the Lombardi line, what are we? 
Not a we lot. We have nothing. We, we no. There's no chance. And no he's, chance. He's gonna he's gonna join us. He's next. the star of the show. I mean, <laughs> come on. Between him and Berman, their podcast. I mean, they'll oh. probably go to number one. Yeah, I can't. I cannot wait. The Southern Goblet <laughs> is gonna join us and Carl Johnson from the Beauvage. He runs the book down in Biloxi. He's next here, Lombardi Line. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Black Friday right around the corner. Black Friday's here at VSEN. You can check out the offer. 99 bucks mid-season football special. You get everything we offer including the free picks emailed to you daily. It's worth the money that goes through the football season. And when you sign up, we're going to give you 20 bucks credit at the VEASAN store. So you see that sweet hat up in the left-hand corner? That's yours. All you have to do is go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe to sign up right now. It's Black Friday. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Okay, Carl Johnson is the director of the race and sports book down at the Beau Rivage in Biloxi, Mississippi. He joins Michael and myself now here on the Lombardi Line. What's cracking, Carl? Hey, good morning, guys. What's going on? Good to see you guys. Good to see Michael <laughs> at Brigada. Everything looks uh, good. Man, you guys look well dressed. All right. <laughs> uh, we got our Sunday. We got our Sunday clothes on today, my man. We're ready to go. You know, we got Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving in the Bayou. You got Emerald coming over to cook for you on Thanksgiving Day. I, I, no, I got uh, I got Italian mama's gonna cook on uh, Thanksgiving uh. Day. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, last week you had a, a legendary rant about the college football playoff committee. I'm just curious, since we t- since we talked to you a week ago, is anything else kind of getting bothering you? What's going on? Oh, yeah, I got stuff that drives me crazy every day, but, you know, I try to compose myself. Uh, last week, I just needed to let some of it out, you know. I mean, we still got some, you know, we still got some games that, uh, you know, just, I don't know, I just don't understand them. I'm, I'm not smart enough to figure some of this stuff out. I, I'd like to be, I'd like to see them be played in the playoffs right now. Yeah, yeah, me too. So so let me ask you a question since you're down there. What's the latest scuttlebutt on LSU? Is it going to be Luke Fickle? Is it going to be Dave Aranda? I mean, it's not Jimbo Fisher. We know that. And it's not going to be Urban Meyer. We know that. What are you hearing? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not ready to rule Jimbo out. Uh, I mean, he, he basically <laughs> Jimbo said ruled the himself same. out. <laughs> yeah, but he did that at Florida State, too. Uh, you know, all I know is that LSU's got a boatload of money. Uh, they're going to throw it at somebody. Uh, but you know what? Uh, uh, I think his name just started getting the attention. And I made a comment. I tweeted a comment this past week. Uh, you know, uh, Aranda's name hadn't been raised a whole lot. And, and, and that guy played a real vital part in that 2019 national championship down yeah, here. Yeah, sure did. Uh, yep, sure uh, did. The people like him. I mean, he's done a, he's done a hell of a job at Baylor. Uh, so, you know, I, Luke Fickle, you know, interesting you say that, you know, I, I heard him say something or read that he said something this, this week. I didn't, uh, you know, I was kind of surprised he, you know, you would never hear a Saban or a Belichick say that we have a tough game this week. We have a tough game next week. You know, they would never go to that next week. They would have just said, Hey, we got a tough game this week. That's true. You know, uh, one game at a time, uh, you know, I, I couldn't understand. Uh, I was a little surprised when I heard that. He's he's kind of looking forward to two weeks, and he's got to take care of business this week. Yep, uh, big game. 
That's SMU. Yeah. By the way, Carl, do you do you have money under the table on Jimbo to LSU because you've been you've been driving this train for a while now? <laughs> no, you know I, I I do have some friends that's in that TAF down there in Baton Rouge at Tiger Athletic Foundation. Um, I, I can tell you there's a there's a whole lot of people that want Jimbo Fisher. Uh, you know he and, and you know in in his press press conference he was he was real convincing. Uh, I like the guy. Everybody likes the guy. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe he is happy and everything, but he did say the same thing at Florida State. So, uh, but look, we would be happy with Dave Aranda, uh, and they'd probably be happy with Luke Fickle. I just, I don't, I don't see Luke as. Uh, I, I like Dave Aranda over Luke Fickle. I'm hearing Billy O'Brien too down there, Carl. I think Billy O'Brien, the offensive coordinator of Alabama. I think, I think I'm hearing that name as well. So. You know, I, I think LSU's all over the map. They're talking to a bunch of people. It's the most attractive job, including the USC job out there. So they're going to get a great candidate. There's no doubt. But speaking of Bill O'Brien, the Alabama offense, where are you today on Alabama-Arkansas? I love Alabama. Anything less than 21, I'm going to be all over Alabama. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we so we opened it at 20 and a half and 56, and we're still at 20 and a half and 58 and a half. So we you know they 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 played the over a little bit, but the line's still right there under your 21. Uh, yeah, I mean you know this is a so this is a must-win game for Saban. Uh, I mean you know and generally we know what happens when he gets in those positions. I mean the guy's a he's a he's a machine, and I you know I don't see a letdown here. Arkansas is a decent team. They they can play this game close, but uh, I think Saban takes care of business at home in Alabama. Next up, Ole Miss, Vandy in town. We'll get the number, but th that is a name that was left off your list there. You don't see you don't see the lane train moving out of town anytime soon, huh? No, I think he's kind of faded away a little bit. Uh, you know, just uh, now I might be I might be wrong. You know, I, uh, the the interesting thing is, I mean, these guys still are, are in season, so I don't think LSU. I think they're making their push behind the tables, but uh, yeah, I, I you know. Uh, Lane is a offensive-minded coach. I just knowing LSU's history, they generally go after defensive-minded coaches. That's one of the reasons why I keep mentioning uh, Fisher, and then that's one of the reasons why I like Dave Miranda. Both of those guys are defensive-minded coaches. That's generally what they get over there. What's the number there, uh, Oxford, with Vandy in town? So we opened at uh, 36 and a half and 63 and a half, and right now it's still 36 and a half and 65. Uh, I mean, Ole Miss, you know, coming off a big win against Texas A&M, that was a that was a key game for for Jimbo and them, and uh, you know, so uh, Lane's you know Lane's looking for a New Year's Day Six Bowl, so he needs to play well. They need to take care of business here, which I don't think they'll have any problem. Yeah, I, I don't, obviously Vandy's not very good. They're in my bottom ten damn near every week. H how about Auburn, South Carolina tonight in Columbia? Where are you on that game? I mean, I'm a little surprised this line. I mean, South Carolina, you know, Shane Beamer's done a really good job of getting this program back, upsetting Florida. I'm a little surprised this line's so light. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we opened at uh, seven and forty-four and a half. We're at seven and a half and forty-four and a half. I mean. I was thinking about this the other day uh, when I was writing my little notes down. I mean, Auburn may be the best six and four team in the country. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, uh, Bo Nix can, he, you know, he can give you a lot of trouble on, you know, when you're trying to defend him. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you a little bit. Uh, matter of fact, I've got Auburn, and, you know, I, I was going to give out a few plays today, and Auburn is one of my plays um, in a little teaser pick that I've got. Can't just walk into Williams Bryce and expect to pick up a win, Michael Lombardi. You know that. I understand that. <laughs> I, I completely understand that. I'm not assuming that. I'm just, you know, look, I think he's done a really good job. I, I think he's got that program. It, it, you know, it's coming back a little bit, and it should be a good program. I mean, it's going to be interesting Florida. What happens at Florida? Are they going to let Mullen stay? Are they going to let, Are they going to make a change? Because I don't think what happened last week made anybody happy, giving up 50-some points you know, last week, and even though they won the game, to, what was it, Mercer, they won by 70-52. But I, I, that Florida thing, that interests me a lot. Yeah, they, they Sanford was leading at the Sanford, half, I that's believe. What it that's was, what yeah. it was, Sanford. Yeah. Hey, by the way, so last week, Carl, down in T uh, Tuscaloosa, you had New Mexico State catching 51.5-52. Well, it's even worse this week. George is hosting Charleston Southern, and I got a 53 on the board. Where are you at the Beau Rivage? Yeah, I mean, they might as well make it 103. I mean, uh, you know, this is one of them. This is, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, this is one of the games I just, you know, I don't understand these teams playing these teams. I mean, all you're doing here, you know, I, how can you bet the favorite here? Because, you know, they're going to, you know, Georgia's going to jump out to a huge lead. And, you know, to, to say, you know, Georgia's got, they got a chance to win the national championship. So, are you gonna Are you gonna leave a wide receiver in there to get you know clipped, you know his knee blown out? I mean they're gonna get these guys out of the game. I I just it, look if if I'm a if I'm on the betting side of the book, there's no way I'm touching these high numbers with these teams that have a chance to win the national championship. I'm just not doing it. I, I think that's a great point. I mean at some point doesn't Georgia just play half their guys for a quarter, ten minutes? You know you know, play them 30 minutes and then let treat it like a practice and then get their other guys in there, you know, because you are, what do you care about anything other than making sure your guys are healthy? Plus, you know, you get some of your younger kids some reps and some work that you're going to need eventually down the line, and it's like a spring game, basically, when you're getting to play. To me, it's, I agree, there's no reason to play this game other than, you know, you're, you're going to, obviously, Charleston Southern's getting a paycheck. Because there's no reason. In, in November, this game should not exist. I mean, maybe in September. I don't even like it then, but it shouldn't. Carl, we got a minute left. Thanksgiving right around the corner. Oh, boy, Chick Jack Johnson. I know he's into Thanksgiving, right? Oh, I, if food's involved, you know I'm in it. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> if food's involved, uh, I'm in it. That's yeah. the quote of the day. Jick Jack yeah. Johnson on Twitter, the Bo Ravage. He's a superstar. Hey, when's the podcast dropping? Yeah. Hey, you know what? Uh, so I'm glad you brought that up. We, I am going to do a podcast. I'm going to do it the right way. I'm going to get me and Berman going to do it. I don't want to start it until the before next season starts. So oh, during the man. off season, we're going to put this together. We oh, got to do I it the right wait. way. There he oh, is, Carl good. Johnson. I I thought you were joking when you said Berman was doing it with him. That is breaking news no, no, right here. The, Carl and Berman together. All right, thank you, what Carl. A dynamic Have a great duo. Saturday. Thank you, Carl. Happy Thanksgiving. Take care. Which you two guys? Which team outside the top four should be in the top four? We asked you in the poll question. We'll come back and give you the results next here at Lombardi Line. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? 
Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right, it's BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. They welcome you. A special offer today. So this is for new better. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any college team. If your team scores a touchdown, you're going to win 200 bucks. It goes right there into your account, paid for in free bets. It's simple. Use the bonus code VSEN200, VSIN200. Visit betmgm.com or download the BetMGM app. So again, Place a money line wager, 10 bucks. Team scores a touchdown, you're going to win 200 bucks. Gambling problem, 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Okay, thank you to Carl Johnson for joining. He's Michael Lombardi live from the Borgata, back on the throne. I'm Patrick Maher live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. So, Stephen Bond put together a little poll question for us. Those teams outside the top four, which ones should be in? And we'll go ahead and throw up the results here, Michael, and take a look. Obviously, Cincinnati, number five. You've got Michigan, number six, seven, Michigan State, and then eight, Notre Dame. So the, the voters at VEASAN feel as though Cincinnati should jump up to that top four. No doubt. I mean, they deserve it. I mean, look, I, I don't you know, see why they shouldn't, but uh – you know, they've done everything that they could do. They've beaten the teams on their schedule. You know, they haven't had the, the, the wins down the stretch here that 
what, what for some reason in college football is really important, the, the, the win, the signature wins, or, you know, you've got to impress the voters like it's some contest in the Olympics where the Russian judges are putting up things and, the, you know, and, and all that. They've just played exactly how you need to play. Big game today, though, Patrick, SMU. This is the one that I think, what, they're 11.5-point favorites. This is the one that I think they're most nervous about. This, If they get through this one, you know, they're going to make their statement. But this is a hard one for them to get through. They've got to play better this week than they have the last week. But I agree. They deserve it. I think Michigan is asleep as a team. I've said this all year about Michigan. They're different than any other Michigan team. I could see it from the opening game against Western Michigan. They kind of have a cohesiveness. Even though they've lost their star receiver, they've lost their running back for a game, they've been able to come together. They play as a team. They turned the ball over against Michigan. They can't do. They lost that game on the road. But I like Michigan. Can they beat Ohio State? I'm not sure they can, but I think they'll give Ohio State the most competitive game they had in Jim Harbaugh's season this year. And that's fascinating because all of a sudden Michigan today becomes a Sparty fan. They're a Michigan State fan because they need Ohio State to win, and when they play them next week, it'll look even better on their resume. So there you see it. Notre, excuse me, Cincinnati, Michigan, Notre Dame leapfrogs as far as our betters are concerned. Michigan State there. Michigan State, the disrespect continues. Now, you mentioned SMU in Cincinnati. That number opened Cincinnati hosting SMU 12 and a half. It's all the way down to 10 across the board. So that's the number right now. And this is really about the Mustangs high octane offense about the, against this Cincinnati defense, which is ridiculously stout. But this SMU team, Sonny Dykes, they can sling it and they can score. Yeah, and, and they're going against a team. This is a little different here, but this is Cincinnati's strength defensively is in their coverages, in their ability to rush the passer and in their coverage. Their passing defense is fifth in the country, right? Their yards per play on defense is fourth in the country. And where they do a great job, Patrick, is they're the number one team in the nation in creating turnovers. Their plus-minus margin on turnovers is the number one team in the country. So they can do that. And I think overall they're 13th. And I think that this is where they're going to gain the advantage, and they're going to have to put some pressure on this SMU team, which wants to throw the football. They want to make plays in the passing game. So this will be a true challenge. I mean, they're 62nd in the country in rushing SMU. They don't really want to run the ball. They want to throw it. Their passing offense is 8th in the country. This is a great pass offense meets a great pass defense. This is going to be a close game. I think that line's a little bit too heavy. I, I think it should be closer to a touchdown than where it is right now. You, as you mentioned, they got to impress the, the Russian judges, I guess, with these style points. The problem is the Bearcats, they're 4-0 their last four. They're 0-4 ATS. So those style points yep. aren't necessarily popping like they would hope. Yeah, I mean, and look, you know, SMU loses to Houston. You know, Houston in, in, in a typical Houston-SMU game, 44-37. But the one that they lose to that kind of is surprising is losing to Memphis. You know, Memphis is 5-6 and six this season, and they lose 28-25 in that game. Again, Memphis controlled the pace. I think Desmond Ryder has to control the pace of this game. Get this game somewhere in the 20s. Can you do that, right? Can SMU play a physical match style of game? I think that's going to be the biggest question mark because they can sling it all over. I mean, their offense is the sixth in the country in terms of scoring. They're pretty. They're good. Yeah. I just think this number should be ticked down a little bit. Yeah, Mordecai had 377 through the air against UCF last week. So, again, it's – and, you know, it's as a sidebar, SMU, Sonny Dykes, and then Luke Fickle, Cincinnati, these are two coaches also being discussed. <laughs> They're going to look to show and prove as well. Two coaches looking potentially to move on 
Uh, I, I would think, isn't Sonny, I, I keep hearing TCU for Sonny Dykes. I think that's the job he wanted. When he interviewed for Texas Tech, you know, I, you know, he didn't get an extension at SMU. I think the job he wants is Texas T TCU. We'll see if he gets it. Obviously, if he wins today, that's going to be a huge, huge uh, feather in his cap. But that's the job that I think he wants. And, and all these jobs, I mean, the whole reason Virginia Tech opened early, they could have saved two, two million, is because they want to make sure they get get in front of some of these guys who might take jobs. And Fickle's fascinating because, as you and I discussed earlier in the week, the USC athletic director hired Fickle at Cincinnati, mm. so there's a, there's a relationship, Michael. But there's also Brian Kelly uh, conversations happening, so Fickle potentially maybe Notre Dame if Brian Kelly were actually to move on. There's a lot of dominoes waiting to, be, waiting to fall here. And where's James Franklin going to end up? You know, he's always looking and sniffing and looking around, wondering what's going to happen. Would Fickle want to go to Penn State? You know, would he be their number one guy? I mean, a lot of people think the Penn State job's a great job. You know, and James Franklin, it seems to think that it's maybe not the number one job. And obviously, it's a different job than when Paterno was there because Western PA doesn't have the same amount of high school talent that they did when Paterno was there. But it's still a great job. It's a national program. Are you hearing anything on Franklin? Franklin has been. Um... I, I, you always hear something. I mean, fr I mean, whether it's James, it, 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 you know, you always hear something on Franklin. You know, LSU, USC. What's going to happen? I mean, you always hear something that he's involved with. But I mean, maybe he goes back to Penn State. You know, he just redoes his deal. Maybe this is all just to get a new deal at Penn State, which he's gotten a lot of deals at Penn State. You know, these college coaches, they're good at creating this, you know, and we can get them all up on a soapbox again to talk about it. You know, I mean, they, they're good at creating leverage. And another big-time program opened up as well with Fuente out at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, that's a good job. It, I, that feels like a Billy Napier landing spot to me. Does that bring so. to you? It does, but what happens if Arizona State opens up? Napier was an offensive coordinator at Arizona State. Arizona State, I'm told, is going to open. Now, I don't know that for a fact, but I'm told through the coaching world that that's going to open. Really? Because of the violations, yes. Yeah. Because of all the violations that have gone on. Now, whether it does or not, I don't know. But that's what I am told reliably from people in the college world, that that would open. And so if that opens, Napier would be, to me, Arizona State would have no problem. But the problem here is, what are the sanctions against Arizona State? If you're walking into a program that's going to be under, you know, some problems, you're, you're concerned about that. 100%. Okay, so one of those teams outside the Final Four right now as we take a look at the College Football Playoff Committee is Michigan. So Michigan, who lost to Michigan State, we know this, they're six, Michigan State seven at the shoe today. Michigan heads to Maryland. And not, it, it, essentially what most betters would call a trap spot, you know, one of those look-aheads with Ohio State on the horizon, and they're laying a number. Michigan's laying 15, 15 and a half. I got a book at 16 at College Park today. You know, this is, to me, this is, the per this is why I think Michigan's a different team this year than they are from years before. This would be an easy, in years past, this would be an easy take Maryland and the points here because Michigan won't play to the same level, but defensively they're way different. They're way different this year. They're fourth overall. Their total defense, I think they're going to give Maryland a lot of trouble. They're more physical than Maryland. And I think when they get into their offense where they can run the football, their relative score rushing offense is seventh in the country. It's actually better than Michigan State's, believe it or not, right? You know, now they don't throw the ball, and this is why they had trouble really attacking Michigan State because they're 76th overall in throwing the football. 
you know, and they're only 50th in the country in yards per pass. They're a grind it, grind it, fourth quarter wear you down, blow the game away. You know, this is the way Michigan plays, and they take advantage of you, and they force you into mistakes. And I think Maryland will make a lot of them today. And with Talia, it, he had 42 attempts last week. This is a one-dimensional offense for Maryland. And with Hutchinson coming off the edge, you do, this, is, this is not a defense in Michigan you want to be one-dimensional against. This is a very good defense. No, no, because they're the eighth in the country in pass defense. I mean, they can play – they have multiple coverages. This isn't Don Brown's we're going to play cover one and blitz you, right? We're not doing that. This is a multiple trap, cover two, cover three. We're going to mix some things up, create some confusion pre-snap, and then get into something post-snap. It's, it's not a good matchup for Maryland. The question is, is Michigan nope. sleepwalking into College Park? Because I don't think so. I think they have camaraderie. I, I think in just talking to people in the Michigan program, I think Harbaugh loves this team. I mean loves this team. I, hearing the exact – I'm glad you brought that up. Seven years at Michigan – Behind the scenes, he's telling everybody he's obsessed with this team and the unity and what he has at quarterback as well. He's obsessed right now. Harbaugh and Michigan at Maryland today. We're just getting started. Got another hour to go here in Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah. I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 